Welcome to the Crunch Time Instagram Live Podcast, hosted by me, Benjamin Bullock. This podcast features nothing but real talk analysis and conversations about sports, entertainment, news, and much more. Now, strap in and buckle your seatbelts because it's time for Crunch Time. What's happening, everybody? What's going on? What's going on? Welcome to the latest episode of my Crunch Time Instagram Live Podcast, man. I want to thank y'all for joining me on this Wednesday evening, September 23rd. Very excited about this episode. I'm your host, Benjamin Bullock, and for this episode, we're going to be talking about Deion Sanders heading down to Jackson State, entering the HBCU ranks, and what that's going to mean for uh, HBCU sports going forward. In the meantime, make sure y'all follow the Crunch Time Instagram Live podcast on Spotify and also Apple Podcasts. Um, like, like I said, my, my name is Benjamin Bullock. I want to thank y'all for joining me here today and the kind of the vision I was kind of going for the show and actually I wasn't even going to do a show this week because I got to go out of town later this week and I had a lot of other stuff going on but when the news broke with Dion going down to Jackson State and me being an HBCU alum and me working at an HBCU I have a lot of HBCU pride in my heart I felt I needed to kind of I felt like this particular topic kind of landed right in my alley so I decided to reach out to some great people so first up we got coming up we got Antoine Bethay he's a 14-year NFL veteran played for the Colts uh, most recently, the Giants, uh, the Niners, and also the Cardinals. And he also, most, most, more importantly, he played at Howard University back in the early 2000s. And then, second, sec- and then secondly, I have none other than the great and the legendary quarterback, Doug Williams, the first uh, black quarterback in the NFL to win, a, uh, to win a Super Bowl as a starter. And also, obviously, he went to a Grambling University, played under the legendary Eddie Robinson. And lastly, I have Stephen J. Gaither, who is a part of the HBCU uh, game day uh, outlet. Uh, they put out really good content in terms of making sure everybody's updated and, and everything like that when it comes to HBCU sports. And they did a really good job in terms of making sure everybody was updated up until the point where Dion went down to Jackson State. So with that said, we're going to get everything rolling. I got Antoine, but they coming up first. Big Twan. What's going on? What's up, boy? What's going on, man? Man, not much, man. How'd it sound? How's it sound? That sounds perfect man to kind of defeat all my fears coming to this thing man sounds good man. <laughs> cool 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 appreciate cool. it man how you doing man man no complaints man all is well all is well that's good doesn't that tell the people where you at just let them know how much how dedicated you were to come on the show tonight man i'm at uh i'm at trap practice right now man i got my uh <laughs> my seven-year-old daughter my four-year-old son man they out here getting a little bit uh a little bit of running in man so i wanted to jump on and, and get with you though appreciate you man appreciate you man so let's hop straight into it man you know Dion going down to Jackson State as a, as a Jackson Jackson State smooth head football coach. When that when that first kind of first came out in terms of that could be a possibility, you know, what was your thought process like? Man, I um I thought it was it it was huge, man. And if uh you know they could come together and um and make a you know a, a joint decision that it would be a best fit for you know obviously Dion and, and and the Jackson State family, I just thought it would be big just for the HBCU community obviously what's going on in the world now and obviously what's um the kind of narrative that is that 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 the HBCUs are taking now with you know you got uh McCord Maker going to um to Howard University you have a lot of you know a lot of people just decide to uh take that HBCU route so I just think he could just bring a lot more um to, to the fam good 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 if y'all have any questions for Antoine I'm going to drop it right there in the comment section so ultimately how do you think he will do at Jackson State because, I mean, you're already familiar with Dion. I'm pretty sure you ran into him at events across. You've been in the NFL for 14 years. You know, Dion's a little bougie, man. And, you know, the ABC <laughs> culture is a little different, you know what I mean, than he's probably what he used to. So how do you think he'll do uh, once he kind of gets going and everything? 
Man, and that was kind of one of the things that um that I kind of talked about just as far as when you when you dealing with HBCUs, our facilities aren't um, up to par. I'm not gonna say up to par, but they're not up to uh, Division One, the Power Five uh, level. Um, so he has that, you know, um, knows that going in, and I'm pretty sure he does. I'm pretty sure he's done his research, um, and just know sometimes you know it just works a little different at the at the HBCU uh, colleges and university. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think he can do fine, man. Um, obviously the the knowledge that he has for the game, where he's been, um, the type of uh, coaches that he can bring on um, to his staff to teach these young men not only about football but but about life, man. I think he'll he'll, he'll be big. Now you kind of talked about this a little bit. I want you to harp on it a little bit more. What does a move like this would do for HBCU sports going forward? I mean, because like you said, Howard is making a splash when it comes to men's basketball and. People kind of like the wave now with everything that's kind of happened this year. Everybody's trying to take, make a push for a lot of athletes to go to these HBCUs. So how do you think this move will kind of will maybe propel, you know, for another wave of things kind of happening in the future? Man, you'd be surprised. I think it's going to be a lot of movement. Um, I think it was already one one young man from, uh, I'm not sure if it was Ole Miss or Mississippi State. Yeah. Uh, he already put his um, – He's transfer. He's transferring over there now as well. So right. it's gonna make a. It's, it's gonna shake up a lot. It's gonna shake up a lot. You know, prime his name alone goes a long way. So I know for me, if I was a DB or if I was a football player, why wouldn't I want to go to a um, a university um, with, with a with a with a coach that has his right. um, his his resume? Um, you know, he knows what's going on in our community. What we what we're fighting for now, and um, like I said, I think. And then you just know his his demeanor. Um, his swag and the way he can he can talk to you. You know, if Dion comes into your living room talking to you, your mom, your dad, I think it's yeah. gonna be hard to say no. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's gonna be great, man. Honestly, I mean, like Dion is my favorite player of all time. Like, you know, I mean, we kind of around the same age, so you know, if you were number twenty one playing pee wee football or high school football, you better be about that action. And that's exactly Dion. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, man. And that's it, man. Like I said, like. If Dion came into my uh, my living room, man, and said, "Son, I want you to come play for me," it'd be hard for me to say no, unless it's you know something going on with my family. It'll be tough for me to say no. So, like I said, I think he's gonna throw a wrench in this whole HBC, HBCU thing, even college football. I think he's going. Um, hopefully, at some point, we can um, <clears throat> level the playing field as far as uh, the HBCUs and Power Five. I know it's gonna be tough, but even with that, though, with Prime being on the sideline, it's gonna bring more more um, cameras to the games for the youngins, um, more notoriety. So it's, 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 this is a big deal. Definitely, definitely, man. This is Antoine Bethea, 14-year NFL veteran, Howard Bison alum as well. If y'all have any questions, go ahead and drop it in the comment section. I got one for you right here, Tuan, from my man Amos, who actually went to Cheney University, HBCU yeah. in Pennsylvania. He says, if this doesn't mm-hmm. work out, how do you think this can affect big recruits and big names from trying to coach at HBCUs? He said, if it doesn't work out? Yeah. Um, I don't see. I don't see why I wouldn't though. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, what, what's the what's the worst can happen? You know what I mean? Yeah. He 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 end, he ends up coaching two to three years and he goes somewhere else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, as it, he he made that stop to the HBC level, obviously he's seen some into um uh, into in the program that he can he figure he can come in he can make some type of change. Right. Um, but I don't think it will it will hurt anything. I mean, we kind of dealing with that now. So uh, mm-hmm. if anything, you'll just go back to when you know when I was going to school and uh, and when you was going to school. But I I just I don't see how how it could hurt. 
Right. Just for those who aren't familiar with your how you got to Howard, man, just kind of talk to me about how you even got to Howard in terms of not even getting a full ride, but a partial scholarship, and then you were able to work your way up uh, to getting drafted in the sixth round by the Indianapolis Colts. Man, if you know about football, when I was in high school, I was a 5'9", 165 middle linebacker. <laughs> um, that's unheard of. But um, it was just one of them things where um, I was getting recruited by uh, Coach Petty, Rayford mm -hmm. Petty. He was at Norfolk State at the time, and he had a good relationship with my um, head football coach at Dibby High School in Newport News. Um, he ended up getting the, um, the head coaching job at Howard. He mm -hmm. hired my head football coach at Denby as an offensive coordinator. At the time he got the job, um, Howard kind of it kind of ran out of money. No more scholarships yeah. left. Um, but, you know, he was like, look, um, I, I believe you can play. I think you have some ability. I went on a, um, a visit, probably one of the best weekends of my life up there yeah. on, on Howard campus. <laughs> um, I was it homecoming week? Was it homecoming nah, week? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It, this was late. This was late in the recruiting process. This okay. was like April. So you oh, gotta okay. you gotta you gotta think about it. The weather the weather had broke, um, so it it was love on campus. But at that time, like I said, um, they paid for my um, they paid for my my meals, they mm -hmm. paid for my meals and a little bit of my room and board. But other than that, I kind of had to pay for everything else. And he was like, "Look, you do what you need to do in the classroom. You do what you need to do in the field. Your second year, we can work on some money." And that's what happened. That's exactly what happened, man. You were a three-time All-Mediac player that ended up getting drafted by the Colts, man. So congratulations on everything you was able to accomplish to, you know, playing all 14 years in the league, man. That was phenomenal, man. Appreciate that. Thank you. No problem. So I got another question from my man Fabian. He says, uh, do you think Jackson State has the budget to provide the top facilities? Um, obviously, yeah. Um, <laughs> if, you, if, you, uh, if you listen to Prime's uh, uh, interview when he – when there was uh, – you know, bringing him in as a the head coach, he said they was already in process of doing some renovations to the to the facilities, and they say I guess they supposed to be done by June. Mm -hmm. So I guess um, it's already in progress. Mm -hmm. Do you see yourself possibly coaching, like kind of taking that route? You know, Prime like kind of took it. Maybe if you know if Howard, God forbid, and they came was like, look, Twan, hey, we want you to be our head coach. We see the success that Dion has, and we want you to come in. Man, that'll be tough, man. That's something that I like to sit down with my fam, man. I've been, I've been, you know, been away from the fam for for a long time. Just you know, with the, just to, you know, as the NFL just takes a lot out of you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. A lot of your time. So, uh, what my kids are in their life now, man, I kind of want to be um, part of their lives and you know, obviously their activities. But who knows, man? I'm not gonna say no. Um, I would love to be able to go back to Howard and you know, um, pay it forward to the to the youngin. Right, 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 right. If y'all have any more questions for Twan, go and drop it in the comment section. I got a couple more. Uh, so, Twan, man, this question just kind of popped in my head. Um, you know, people, it's, it's, it's this stigma out there that with HBCUs, obviously the budget isn't like that or whatever, but how can people get back to the university to make sure we can improve, you know, facilities and, you know, travel costs and that things? How can people get back, you know, to, uh, to university? Or what should they do? And what, why should they get back? Um, so we, it's funny cause we have this conversation, um, at Howard University, man. And one of the things a lot of people, um, are afraid of is that when they do give back, they don't really know where their money is going. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's a, and that's a real argument. But for us, it's just like, you know, we, we complain as I will say, I will speak as an alum. We complain about, you know, um, not having the facilities or, um, our players not, you know, doing X, Y, and Z, but the least we could do if it's $20 a month. Um, if you get a, 
a group of 100 alumni that's donate 20 to 50 to 100 dollars a month that goes a long way so um at the end of the day i always say to my guys man just look in the mirror man whatever you can do um, whatever you can spare you know give back to your alma mater man at the end of the day it's gonna help some help some folks cool 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 it's my last question y'all got any more questions for twan drop it in the comment section uh you know nfl week is, is two weeks in man you know what i mean i know mm -hmm. you're kind of still keeping in contact with a lot of you guys in the league but it's been a lot of injuries these first two weeks man and it's yeah. like you got out at the right time bro <laughs> <laughs> um but you know we always say man the league man it's a hundred percent injury rate so mm -hmm. at some point in time you're gonna get injured um obviously severity may may vary but um you're gonna get injured it's just it's crazy last week, man. You just seen a lot of big time names uh, with big time injuries, you know what I mean? With ACLs and ankle injuries, uh, things of that nature. But um, it's a brutal game. It's a brutal game, man. It's, it's no way you can you can shy away from it. If, if you play long enough, you you won't you won't get an injury. So uh, but but have, uh, my prayers to, to all the guys who who were injured last year, uh, last week, any serious injuries, hope, you know, uh, wishing for a speedy recovery. Right, right, right. Hey, I hope they do get better, man. And was, like you said, there was a lot of injuries. You know, Saquon went down. Most out in San Fran, Solomon Thomas went down. Even yeah. if Chris McCaffrey didn't go down for good, he still got, still got banged up, man. Yeah. So I got a last question from my man Calvin. He says, who was the fastest cat you played against in college in the NFL? College, I'll say Jerome Mathis at Hampton. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jerome Mathis at Hampton, I would say in the league, it will be between uh, – I'd say my top three would be Randy Moss, Deshaun Jackson, and Tyreek Hill. Wow. Wow. What – What? like, out of all those three, who's the fastest one? Mm. I, I would speak on Randy Moss. Randy Moss, um, he hit me with something, man. I was probably like 15 yards off the line. <laughs> I probably – like, in, within three steps, man, he was on me. And that was kind of like one of my moments, man, where I'm I could be in one of the Randy Moss, you know, Hall of Fame clips, man, mm -hmm. when he hit me with the with the hand up or whatever. But oh, man. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He hit me with one of them. But I'll say uh, I'll say Randy Moss. Okay, cool. And um I got one more question for you, man. This is from Rajay one He says, uh, should Howard administrator split the huge gift with the athletic department? That's your so, yeah. um so even to this day, man, I'm not 100% sure how that works. You know what I mean? Where yeah. you see a lot of times where um, where a lot of times where people donate money, mm -hmm. donate millions of dollars. Um, I'm not sure how they split that or how they divvy that up amongst the school and amongst the um, athletics. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a good question. Um, it's definitely a lot that goes behind, goes behind. Um, all of those donations. I know we try to donate to the football team, and it's a lot of a lot of things that you have to have to get through, man. And <clears throat> again, man, it's it's one of the things where the school and the administration has to be on board with um, wanting to see the athletics get right. to a certain point. You know what I mean? Right, so right. if you can if you, if you can have that, where you can have your AD, your president, and um, everybody on the same on the on the on the same wavelength with the mm -hmm. same vision, I think that makes it a hundred percent better but when you like oh we're just an academic school and okay athletics <laughs> is here it's cool it it's won't all work. over the place it's all over the place yeah <laughs> so i just feel as though like jackson state i feel as though they they know if we have a good athletics if we have a good football basketball team whatever it is that's gonna bring that's gonna help enrollment that's gonna help the university mm -hmm. so um if you, i just figured if you can have that kind of mentality um i think it helps everybody involved 
Absolutely, man. Hey, before I let you go, man, I know you see my Dale State hat out here, man. Uh, yeah, so man. You <laughs> <laughs> go burn that for real, for real. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I can't, man. I can't, man. I had to nah, I'm, with you. I'm messing with you. Get this thing, man. Hey, but, man, appreciate you, man, for coming through, taking time out of that busy schedule. And we'll talk soon, man, okay? All right, man. Appreciate it. Hey, no, thank you. All right, y'all, that was my man Antoine Bethea, 14-year NFL veteran, played for the Indianapolis Colts, uh, Arizona Cardinals, San Francisco 49ers, and most recently the New York Giants. Um, obviously, just gave some really good insight into how, you know, the Deion Sanders hire for Jackson State is going to really do some great things for the HBCU sports culture. So I'm going to check and see if Doug Williams is on right now. See if he's on here. Uh, he is on, so I'm going to add the legendary Doug Williams. For those who don't know, uh, he played uh, at Grambling State University, played under the legendary Eddie Robinson, uh, did a lot of great things down at Grambling, actually coached for Grambling as well. Currently, he's a senior vice president of player development for the Washington football team in the NFL, and he's done a lot of great things for blacks in this game. He paved the way for a lot of people, so I'm going to add him right now. Doug Williams, what's up, man? How you doing, sir? I'm good, man. I just heard that interview. Great interview. <laughs> thank you, sir. Thank you, sir, man. Take, right. Thank you for taking time in that busy schedule, man. To, you know, just grace, grace me with your presence for this interview, man. My, my pleasure. Thank you, sir. How you doing, man? How's everything out there in D.C.? It's good. It's good. You know, we, we got a chance to play a couple games. Hope we can keep it rolling. You know, with this pandemic, man, you got to be careful. Got to be ready to roll, man. So let's hop into oh, yeah. this thing, man. So I know you, you keep your nose and ears in the streets, man. So when did you first hear about the rumors about <laughs> Deion could possibly going to Jackson State, man? Oh, long time ago. Deion and I talked to <laughs> probably around the 1st of September. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he, um, he hit me up. We talked one night, about 30 minutes, you know. Mm. And uh, his thing was he was just wanted to find out what it was like at the HBCUs, knowing that I had done it a couple of times and just wanted kind of a roadmap, mm -hmm. basically. Right. So we, we chopped it up for a while. That's good. That's good. So when he – so what kind of questions did he, did he ask, you know, to kind of give, like, an insight of what, you know, what could possibly – because, you know, Dion, man, Dion a little bougie, man. You know, HBCU culture is a little different than how it was at Florida State and how Dion maybe kind of operate on a regular basis. No, he's not a little bougie. He's a lot bougie. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but you know what, though? He he just wanted the landmines. He wanted okay. the landscape. He he, you know, going to Florida State and and not knowing what it was like at HBCUs. I'm sure he he ventured over to uh, Florida and M a little bit while he was there. Right. But he he never been in the position that he's in now. He just wanted to know the, you know, the lay of the land when it comes to athletics and uh, HBCUs, which <clears throat> which is going to be a little different. And it was amazing sitting there listening to. Um, Antoine just a while ago, and I was smiling as I was listening because it's it's not the easy uh, journey to take, but it's it's an enjoyable one because I think it's for good reasons. And uh, from what I know of Dion, I don't I don't think him going to Florida State has anything to do with him being at the HBCU because mm -hmm. I think he feel like he's gonna be at home anyway because that's who he is. Yeah. And if if you watch his press conference, you you realize he was relaxed. He was enjoying it, and and he do believe that um, he's doing some good, and I and I'm glad that he he got an opportunity to do this. That's great, man. That's great. If this is Doug Williams, y'all legendary quarterback from Grambling State University. If y'all have any questions for him about this particular topic, go and drop it right there in the comment section. So, Doug, man, ultimately, how do you think he's going to do down at Jackson State? Well, you know, it's it's hard to say how he's going to do, but I could say, as far as uh, HBCU. 
he is in one of the prime spots to do well. For years, Jackson State did uh, a great job of recruiting and, and sending players to the league and doing everything else. Uh, where he sits in, in Jackson, Mississippi, he's close to Memphis, Tennessee. He's close to Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He's close to New Orleans. He's nowhere from um, uh, Birmingham, Alabama, and he got that whole uh, state of Mississippi for junior colleges. Uh, from a recruiting standpoint, he got a fertile ground. Mm-hmm. And and like like I heard you say earlier, Dion would should be able to get in some households that a lot of uh, guys can't get into from the HBCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one thing to say uh, Dion Sanders, who coaches at Jackson State, <laughs> and uh, Joe Blow from Jackson State. <laughs> right, it's different, you know. So they want Dion to come in just to, just because he's Dion. But I think uh, Dion got a little uh, Southern preaching mentality. <laughs> he do. So if you listen to him, he might he might convey you to, to come to Jackson State, which I hope he does. And 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 like I heard Antoine Bethay say, if I was in my prime, I coming out of high school, and I was a defensive back, I'm going I'm going to Jackson State because I know Prime gonna tell me a little bit about Jackson State. Mm-hmm. But also, I think he's gonna open the door for any position that's out there, and I think that's important. Absolutely, absolutely. I know when the when the hire became mm-hmm. official. I know, um, I know it just brought a lot of joy to your heart considering I consider you the godfather of just all the college football <laughs> considering what you did for Grambling and what you did on the pro level as well. I, I think Dion going to Jackson State was kind of like when I went to Grambling. Okay. And, you know, it was a lot of doubt there. What, what Doug Williams going to do? I, I think it all depends on what approach that he takes. When I went to Grambling, um, Grambling, Coach, bless his soul, Coach Robert had like – three straight three and eight seasons. Mm-hmm. And I figured nowhere to go but up. And that's mm-hmm. where Jackson is at this point. And what I did, I brought in a lot of young guys and, and we took our we took our lump the first two years. You know, but um, from the next three years we won the conference three straight years. So when I look back and say that I was at Grambling for a total of eight years and was fortunate enough to win uh four Swag championship, that's pretty good. That's bad at 50%. Yeah, that's uh, really good. <laughs> and, 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 and I think Dion is in that same mold. He can do the same thing if he do it right. Uh, I think you got to be careful at the um, historical black colleges how you do it. If you go in there just to build a football team, you know, it ain't going to last long. But if you're, going <laughs> there to build, if you're going there to build a program, which I hope he is, you know, you're going to take a couple lumps here and there because you're going to let the young guys play so they can grow up and, 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 and know how to play the game. I always say let the little puppets play, and eventually <laughs> they become big dogs. Right, right, right. So how do you see this move propelling just the overall landscape of HBCUs? Because in my opinion, obviously a lot of people are kind of taking that HBCU wave or a lot of big-time – well, some big-time players are even considering going to HBCUs. And now with Prime down at Jackson State, you know, he's already got a transfer from Mississippi State. He ain't even a week on the – yeah, I don't I don't think I don't think the floodgates are gonna open per se. <clears throat> but I think mm-hmm. what's gonna happen, like he was able to get the get the young man from Mississippi State, they're gonna they're gonna be a lot of players that are disgruntled mm-hmm. and wanna come to Jackson State. And there's gonna be some players coming out of high school that, you know, maybe they're two, three, a full star mm-hmm. um, that's gonna wanna come to Jackson State. It's it's unfortunate. For our young people and, and, and some of our young people, dad and mom, we get caught up in material things. And I heard him talk about facilities. We, we don't have the facilities that a lot of the Power 5 schools and some of the Division 1 schools have. 
Right. But I think once you understand, no matter what the facilities are, as long as the football field is the same size mm-hmm. and you get a chance to play on it because after four years when you leave, you can't take the facility with you anyway. Mm-hmm. And, 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 the, and the other part of this thing too, man, you know, it's something about that HBCU that you can't teach anywhere else. I'm right. talking about coming, coming back, going back. I heard you say something about Delaware State. Yes, sir. You, you can't tell me on homecoming day, you don't feel like you're family when you go back there. That's a good you know, point. That's a great and, point. And, and, and most of the people I talked to, I played with over the years, and I'm talking about a lot of the black guys who didn't go to HBCU, they always wanted to know what it was like going to HBCU. Right. You know, it, it's hard to explain if you don't go there mm-hmm. because they don't understand what you're talking about. Right. It's, it's a lot of love at the HBCU that you would never get anywhere else. Now, I'm not saying that every kid, you know, you need to go to HBCU, but I tell you what, I've seen an awful lot of kids on the sideline of these big schools that don't get a chance to play, right. that would get a chance to play if they went to a historical black college. And you say that, the first name that pops into mind, God rest his soul, is Tavares Jackson, who started off at Arkansas and ended up going to Alabama State and then ended up getting drafted in the second round by the Vikings and they kind of bounced around a little bit, and they ended up as a backup in Seattle. So that's a prime example of uh, what you're talking about, with kids just kind of sitting on the sidelines, and before you know it, you got an opportunity to go to one of the one a black school. Number one for your culture, number two to have experience another type of revolution or type of experience that you won't get anywhere else. And three, you'll be able to play. And like, and, and as you know, Doug, there's scouts everywhere in this country, so if you can play, they're gonna find you. Let me tell you something. It's, it's unlike yesteryears. You know, if you can play. You know, they say them little diamond in the rough, uh, the, the guys that are missed. You know, now with this pandemic is one thing, mm-hmm. but before the pandemic, there's too many scouts out there and there's too much technology out there to, to really miss a guy. Now, you know, I'm, I'm not, everything's not going to be 100%, but if you got any talent, especially at the historical black institution, mm-hmm. you know, and you can play and you dominate where you are, they'll find you. I promise yeah. they will. Absolutely. You know, um, I know now, you know, I work with the with the NFL, me and five other guys. We, we got our own little committee, and our job is to get the top players in, in historical black college. It's unfortunate with this pandemic, and they don't play until the, to the spring. Right. But but what we was going to do, we if we had had to come by, we'd have had to come by for them and everything mm. and, and, and get them an opportunity. It's going to be tough now because, you know, we won't be able to have that come by because most schools, most of them don't finish playing until until like uh, April sometime, mid-April. Exactly. So no, that's, and that timeline is going to be crazy because the NFL ain't going nowhere. You know what I mean? So they that that's kind of that's a that's kind of a great line right there a little bit. It is, it is, and you know the draft is the last week of April, and I know Southern and Grambling don't play don't play the Bayou, but well, they play the Bayou Classic actually on the same weekend of the draft. <laughs> <laughs> So that'll be interesting to see how that work out, man. Right, I, right. I got a question from my man Rob Marshall out of Baltimore, Maryland. He says, from a legendary coach's perspective, could the work Dion put put on the field put the public's expectation of him as a coach too high? No, I, you know, I think you got to separate his ability as a player and, and give him uh, a chance to grow as a coach. Mm-hmm. I, I do think that what he has and what he's done, he's coached high school, which means take patience. Right. So I think what he's doing now, he got to understand he got to have the patience. Whoever he's bringing that with him, 
got to have the patience. And mm-hmm. if his defensive coordinator is, is who I think it is and who it's supposed to be, uh, he's been a coach. Right. And that's been his, that's been his sermon. So he wouldn't know how to answer, how to handle that. Right. So right. I, I think, I think you got to give him a chance to grow, grow as a coach and give him two to three years to say that he's capable of doing this job. Absolutely. Hey, man, this is the legendary Doug Williams on the Instagram Live podcast right here, Crunch Time, hosted by me, Benjamin Bullock. If y'all have any questions, go and drop it in the comment section. Hey, Doug, so um, as you know, HBCU sports coach is much different in terms of being, uh, having much different terms of the big programs across the country. You know, how do you think, I mean, we kind of touched on this a little bit, but how do you think Dion will kind of handle that transition? I mean, Dion, like you said, from, I mean, from a coach's perspective, because Dion actually coaches at the high school right around the corner from me in Dallas, and he coaches seven on seven the team. And believe it or not, he's the offensive coordinator. Oh, I, I know. He played defense. <laughs> and that's the good part about him being a defensive back. He he know a little bit about offense. So he's mm-hmm. able to handle that part. But but I think, you know, the thing about uh, the historical black colleges, he's gonna have to adjust to the budget. Yeah. Let's 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 be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh he's gonna have to adjust to the playing field, the practice field. Uh, you know, when we was at Gramlin, I was practice field, man, and I'm not ashamed to say this, it was mostly sand. But but very little grass. When you fell the, when you saw a piece of grass, you picked it up and just pulled it out the ground. Wow. But, but but the thing about that is Coach Rob used to always tell us if you can block and tackle at Gramlin, you can block and tackle anywhere. Mm, okay. and, and that made a lot of sense. And I think once Dion get that over to him, don't look at the facility, man. Look at the ground. Do what you can do here. Because right. you know what? If you play well enough here, you'll be able to buy grass and play on good grass anywhere you play. That's a, that's a good point, man. Because my wife actually uh, went to Gramlin. I've been through Gramlin one really? time, man. So I, I checked everything out, man. I know exactly what you're talking about, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. So I got a question from the Soul Man 57 He says, with your experience as a head coach in the college ranks, what advice would you give Prime as a first-time head coach at this level? Well, I, I think, number one, he, he has to be patient. And he got to be able to, to talk to the parents. And I always say this, and, you know, if there's any ladies on that on here, they, gonna, they might not agree with me, but I always <laughs> say this. The mamas, the mamas are, are the ones you have to deal with when you go to your office and you get that phone call and they want to know why my son is not playing. Yeah. And you, you got you to be genuine with them. You got to be honest with them. And another part of this thing, man, these young guys today is unlike guys of yesteryears like myself and, and, and what have you. You got to be honest with these guys. You got to be straight up with them. They're looking for somebody to give them some guidance. They're looking for the truth. And, and you got to let them understand it. Life ain't just about football. Mm-hmm. And life is about life and a whole lot of other things to mix in it. And when you, you let them know who you are, where you stand, and you for them, you, you know, they'll go to ballot for you. Absolutely, man. I love that answer, man. This is another question from my man Calvin, also a fellow Delaware State Hornets. He says, coming from the HBCU and being a former quarterback at Washington, what's your thoughts on the team name change? You know what? If You know, when I first went came to Washington, I didn't think about no no name change. I came to play. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I think most guys don't have a choice of where they come to play. They just mm-hmm. haven't played that. But when they, over the last, I guess, 10 years or so, when it became obvious that a lot of people thought it was a slur, mm-hmm. hey, it's time it's time to change it. Like I've told a lot of other people over the last few months that um, at the end of the day, it's not the logo on the helmet. Yeah, it's, it's the history. It's the players. 
Right. And, you know, in 1987, when Darryl Green ran that punt back against the Chicago Bears, you know, that, that, that Indian head wasn't running. That was Darryl Green running. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, you could take that logo off, and it still would have been Darryl Green. So we got to move forward. Uh, I, I like the, the Washington football team. It sounds good. And put a big W on it. We don't need anything else. Let's just yep. go with the Washington football team. Yeah, just let it roll. Just let it roll. Man, I actually like that Red Tails, man. That actually, I, I kind of like that a little bit. I know that's kind of been some speculation. Y'all, y'all could actually switch to that. Um, I have two more questions for you, Doug. I got one from my man, Mike Jones, out of St. Louis. He says, uh, how do you feel about Jackson State making the jump to a major conference outside the SWAC, you know, if they do, if they are able to, you know, capitalize with Dion and other aspects within their athletic department well let me say this number one i hate the fact that uh uh north carolina and t and hampton left the uh yeah. meac mm-hmm. and my thing history is history let's, mm-hmm. let's be honest with you you know if jackson makes you know if jackson make that move power to them but they better make sure that they have the finances and the resources to mm-hmm. do what they have to do uh, even let's let's go to Tennessee State. Yeah. Tennessee State has done well, but they're in the OVC. Right. And they're missing a lot from not being part of the historical black conferences. Yeah. I think right now where the SWAC conference is, and the, what the commissioner has done with the addition of Bethune, Cookman, and Florida A&M coming That's in. That's huge. That's huge. That's huge. The SWAC, the SWAC at this time is, is, is one of the most super – uh, black conference in in in, this, in, this, in the country, you know. I don't see why Jackson State, with the history that they have, would even think about leaving. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I yeah. mean, I wouldn't want to be a part of it. I wouldn't be a fan of it. Yep, yep. And I got a question for you from my man Freddie. He says, "What are your thoughts of the evolution of uh, the black quarterback or evolution of the black quarterback in the NFL?" Since you, I mean, that's right up your alley. So y'all know you have a really well, good take on everything. I think let's look at this from uh, week one. Mm-hmm. That was 10 black quarterbacks starting in that football league. <laughs> yeah. And and after 10, 10, eight of them won. Mm-hmm. All right. This past week, we had eight eight black quarterbacks played against each other. Yeah. You know, so that in itself tells you the story. And mm-hmm. let's go back to the first game of the year. Mm-hmm. That was that was Deshaun and, 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 um, and Mahomes. Mahomes. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you had about um, – Seven hundred and fifty million dollars on the field. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> a lot of bread. <laughs> but think you think these are the two highest paid guys in the league, right? And when you think about the old guards now, mm-hmm. you you're talking about Brady, you're talking about Breeze, and you're talking about Evan Rogers. Yeah, they getting up in age. Yeah, they about to get out of there. <laughs> and these young boys are here. Yeah, and then you're gonna have some more coming. The kid from Ohio State and Jalen Hurts gonna come in. So mm-hmm. you're going to have some more young black quarterbacks going to come in and play. I think what is happening and what has happened, the good old boy network is, is really not as strong as it used to be. <laughs> yeah. They, they're really trying to find a way to win. Yeah. And I think the, the head coaches and the general manager mentality has changed and realized that, that uh, we are pretty smart. We can do this job if it gives us opportunity. Life is about opportunity. And what they've done with these young guys is give them an opportunity to go out and play. Absolutely, man. I love that answer. This is the last question, man. It's from uh, Big Kev, another Dale State alum. He said, will Deion's impact help additional recruiting for bigger name recruits? 
Uh, I'm, I'm sure it's going to have some impact. It's, it's you know, it's not going to happen overnight. Let's let's be honest with you. You know, yeah. no sense in no sense in fooling ourselves. <laughs> it's, it's, it's 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 not going to happen overnight when the top recruits out there. You know, when you go to Alabama, you know I've been to Alabama as as a scout and stuff like that. When you walk in and and the player walk in and see what they're walking into, I told you sometimes we get caught up in materialistic things. Right. And uh, you walk in Alabama and you walk at uh, Alabama State, or Alabama and M, Grambling, Jackson State, and you start comparing. Um, it ain't the same. Mm -hmm. But like, like I say, but you can't take none of it with you no matter where you go. So you right. got to look at it what's best for you. But it's not going to happen overnight. Uh, hopefully they start trickling in. And, and all I want them to do is make uh, HBCU football um, as good as it can be like it was back in the day. Absolutely. Hey, Doug, thank you so much for joining me, man. Just, like I said, it's just absolutely graceful to be in your presence, man. And you're a legend, a role model for a lot of people like myself and other black college football players who climb through the ranks. So if y'all don't know anything about Doug, shame <laughs> on you because you need to look him up, man. He's done so much for our race and for the culture of black people. So, Doug, thank you once again, man. Take time out of your busy schedule, and we'll talk soon, okay? A pleasure having you, man. Appreciate you. Thanks, Doug. Appreciate you. Uh, all right. Yes, sir. All right, y'all, that was the legendary Doug, Doug Williams straight out of Grambling University, man. That was a phenomenal interview, so shout out to him for taking time out of his busy schedule. Like I said, if y'all don't know who's ever watching this, whoever listening to this, if you don't know anything about Doug Williams, shame on you. So make sure y'all check that out and check him out. Google him, watch him old film. Uh, go listen to some stuff about Eddie Robinson. Go watch the Super Bowl. He won. He's the first black starting quarterback to win a Super Bowl, and that was for the Washington Redskins back in the 80s. So that was pretty dope, man. So the last the, the last guest I got coming up for today is Stephen Gaither. He he covers uh, HBCU sports for HBCU Game Day, and he was on the he was on the clock, man, with this whole Dion thing. So I'm going to add him right now. Steve, what's up, boy? What's going on? How you doing, Bill? Doing man, good, man. Doing good. Doing good, man. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule, man, and joining me here tonight, man. I know you've been running like crazy, man, with this whole Dion story and everything that's kind of popping off right now. Uh, no, first, thanks for you for having me. When I looked at the flyer, I said, man, look at I'm on this, I'm on the line with two legends, Antoine Bethay and Doug Williams, and y'all yeah. got me, SJG, from w, little old WSSU. I can't do nothing with uh, my guy, but I appreciate it. Yeah, um, man, no problem, man. Yeah, yeah it's, um, yeah, but it, this last week, man, I guess it was last Wednesday. Last Wednesday, uh, this was kind of, it, it was quiet, you know, the people who knew, knew, but uh, last Thursday is when it really blew up and really um, became looking like it was going to be reality. And since then, man, it's I, man. I, look, I'm trying to get sleep when I can. This, <laughs> this man, Prime Coach Prime, yeah. Dion has, has just like shaken up my entire world, right? Is, the entire world of the HBCU sports spectrum, and I mean FCS, FBS. I mean, he's been everywhere. He was on Good Morning America, dog. Yeah, right? was straight ahead. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's crazy, man. So what was your initial reaction, man, when you first started hearing rumblings about Dion going to Jackson State? Well, you know, doing what I do in, in, in the reporting and the journalism, um, you know, uh, back in – so really we got to go back to the beginning of uh, – we got to go back to last month. Mm -hmm. We got to go back to when uh, Dion graduated from Talladega. You know, we saw that story, and that story we posted on the website. It did very well. Um, so it was like, okay, this is a good feel, good story. You know, he went to FSU. He didn't get mm -hmm. his – degree there he went and he had to go to an hbcu and not even one of the hbcus you hear all the time i mean we hear 
Um, Antoine Bethay on here from Howard and, and Morehouses and all of that, but he went to Talladega College. Mm -hmm. This is a good feel good story. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and, and, and so then Jackson State lets their head coach go. Yeah. Uh, the head coach had a, a two year deal that was supposed to expire in uh, December of this year. And of course, with us not having the football season, they would have had to extend him into next season for the spring football. Right. So they get rid of him. And their explanation is that, you know, hey, we have the spring coming up. We're going to decide to go in a different direction. We're going to have a national search and try to get that shored up. Right. So, okay, fine. And then there's the Dion rumor started rumming up. Right. And then it's, oh, he met with them. Oh, no, he didn't meet with them. So you get those <laughs> conflicting stories right there. Yeah. And then uh, you come to uh, the point where we get, so then, you know, it kind of died down for a little bit, but, you know, you still hear those rumors and rumblings. And then last Thursday, uh, HBCU Sports was the first to uh, report it. Uh, after that, we called up and, uh, and talked to some of our sources as well, just trying to do our due diligence as reporters. Mm -hmm. Found out that the Under Armour Nike thing um, was one of the things that kind of they were still trying to work out and things like that. Yeah. Uh, so it's just been great to be out in front of the story. I mean, we cover HBCUs all the time. And I think now, um, you know, you're going to see a lot of outlets who don't give uh, HBCUs very much energy, if at all come out and do that. So uh, for us, it's a matter of, hey, you know, we're we're locked in, we're tapped into the community, and we're going to keep going that way and keep uh, going whatever happens because, I mean, it's just been phenomenal the, the, the last couple of, the last week. Absolutely, man. So great, a great job on your reporting, man, and getting this thing out, getting, getting the people, you know, what they want in terms of from an HBCU sports uh, company perspective, man. So great job on your end. Yeah, no doubt. We appreciate it. You know, once we found out it was going to happen, you know, uh, we made sure we got the we, we combined like the Captain Planet, you know, not only myself and my partners, Tali Carr and Wally Pitt, but also uh, other members of our team, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, mm -hmm. uh, who knows the inside and out of the uh, of the business side of these things. And then also we had uh, our Vaughn Wilson, uh, who's worked at Sports Information. For I know, I'm talking about Vaughn. Yeah, Vaughn's my man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That <laughs> FAMU, FAMU all the way. He played for FAMU uh, and was at FAMU around the same time that Dion was at Florida State. And so right. he was very familiar with him. He said that you know, Dion was at, at FAMU when he was at FSU when he wasn't wearing that, uh, when he wasn't wearing those colors. So yeah. we had, were able to get a full, a full panel on that. And uh, I love the, um, the conversation and the dialogue that we have. It's just mm -hmm. amazing to witness um, amazing to witness folks doing what they do and, and, and excelling in it and giving out different viewpoints. You know, um, I got Wally Pitt uh, put out um, some questions that he had about the way that, um, you know, some, the way that, that this came about and some of the, the leapfrogging and the maneuvering and things like that. And I think they were very valid. And a lot of people aren't used to a lot of times that type of nuance critique from, uh, from outlets to cover HBCU sports. Right. You know, we're not here to give anybody what they're used to from HBCU sports. So it was right on brand for us. And what we're doing. Good, good, good. Now, how do you think Dion would actually do uh, as a head coach of Jackson State, man? Uh, well, I think uh, obviously you see in terms of uh, exposure, A plus. I mean, he got on Good Morning America. When, when was the last time a coach getting hired at an HBCU, but really any FBS school goes on Good Morning America the next day? I mean, that's relationship, <laughs> right? He got interviewed by another HBCU swack legend, and that is. Uh, the one and only uh, Michael Strahan from yeah. Texas Southern. Mm -hmm. um, so you know he's had he has those connections. Uh, he knows how to he knows how to uh, create a buzz. You know he goes out here and he talks about all this um, these eighty four years of NFL experience that his staff has. Yeah. He knows that the media is going to be very hungry to find out what is going on. He whets our appetite 
And then the first, what happens? The first report that comes out, he slams it <laughs> in the face. Yeah, and, Joe Cook Sports. You know, because he's, <laughs> Joe now, Cook. Shout out to my man he, Joe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shout out to Joe, man. Joe's a great reporter. He does a lot of what he do. Yeah, Honestly, he does. I didn't really rock. I didn't rock with that because mm -hmm. Dion, Dion set that up. But Dion, we gotta we gotta keep this in perspective. Dion is uh, in with Barstool Sports, yeah. so you know they, he has the interest uh, in the journalism in the in the content side of this as well. Yeah. But anyway, it's that type of thing that we haven't really been used to dealing with. Uh, in the HBCU sports world. I mean, you just had Doug Williams on there. And I wasn't around when uh, when he came back to Grambling to coach. Yeah. Um, I was still matriculating in uh, in middle school. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, you know, you I, imagine that, I imagine that uh, covering him at that point was very high profile. But again, at this 2020 era that we're in, this this up-to-the-minute pace thing, it's it's going to be something that, uh, you know, man, I don't know even know if I've been in the shape for it. So now I got off one plane. And something was going on. By the time I get on my other plane and try to fly up again, the situation's changed. Yeah. So it's just a matter of trying to keep up with all of it. But uh, I'm loving the fact that it's bringing a lot of energy to uh, the HBCU sports world. We just want to make sure that folks know, uh, you know, who's been bringing it for a while. So That's good, man. If y'all have any questions for Steve, man, go and drop it in the comment section. I got three so far for you, so I'm going to get to those once I finish mine up, man. So, you know, as you know, HBCU's athletic department face a lot of challenges other than, I mean, besides the bigger programs, you know, how do you think Dion will be able to handle that? Because, like I told Doug and Antoine, like, Dion is a bougie cat, man. I haven't seen him around here in Dallas since I'm down here. And you even saw yesterday the tweet he put out. He said, look, I'm looking for a five-bedroom house, full bath, uh, gated community. Man, that was a flex. Uh, <laughs> gated We're community. About to get some flexes we ain't uh, never we, seen in the What did he say, four acres? Football. He said four acres, uh, four acres and a pool. That's what you he know, wanted off the rip. <laughs> you know what it reminded me of when uh, Martin when uh, Martin had uh, had your boy on, and he's talking about yeah we got catfish at the lake. Oh yeah, 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 you know. Yeah. And uh, uh, what's my guy's name? Uh, I can't oh, remember his name right now. I can't now, think of his name. Either. Tommy Davidson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah it it yeah, reminded yeah, yeah. me of that. But yeah, I mean, those are the type of flexes, and and that's what you get with prime time, and that's what uh, that's what Jackson State wanted. They're not. They're not. They're not naive. They know what they signed up for. Right. Um, you know, they've, they've given him the keys to the kingdom. And, uh, you know, because we still got the Nike Under Armour thing. If you've seen, he hasn't worn a bit of Nike yet. And at this <laughs> moment, uh, uh, Nike is still contracted for Jackson State. Right. Uh, I expect that to change. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's you know, with Dion, you know what you're getting. You know you're getting a high profile. You know what you're getting on that exposure end. We're going to see what you're going to get with him um, as a college coach. Mm -hmm. You know, he did have the uh, prime prep. And there were some issues there. A lot of um, issues with that. You know, there were some issues there. So, but you know, people can grow, people can change, and people can uh, and mature. He's going to have to have a successful uh, a staff around him that he respects, right? And that he allows to do the things that they need to do. I know I have a lot of friends who are in compliance, and they they they've read, raised some. Yeah, they they yeah, nervous. I know they nervous. Bro. I know they nervous about yeah, that, man. You know, it's it's. I mean, colleges, college athletics, the NCAA is is tough, and you know they come down extra hard on HBCUs. Mm -hmm. So it, you know, so all eyes are going to be on them anyway. But it's Dion, you know. But hey, I mean, within twenty, within forty eight hours of him, uh, you know, coming out, uh, coming to America style, you mm -hmm. know, he's already pulled a guy from Mississippi State. Right. Um, that was a three star guy, a guy that Jackson State probably would have not gotten if he didn't go to Mississippi State. He probably would have gone to Southern Miss. He probably would have gone to you know, one of the other directional Mississippis or something like that. So um, as an FCS coach, he's bringing FBS type energy swag to it in that own Dion way that he can do. But uh, 
he's got to have a team around him that he will that supports him and that he listens to and has to know when to fall back and when to pop on and be prime. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, man. Uh, so I'm gonna get to these questions right now. Uh, so we got about five minutes left, man. So the first question is from LA State of Mind. He says, "Can the Swag Parlay Coach Prime and FAMU into a move to the FBS?" I think Doug touched on it a little bit, but we kind of just need to take take baby steps, man, to see what happens with that. Man, that's a whole other thing, man. You know, uh, the Jackson State athletic budget was under eight million dollars a couple years ago. Um, I have to look and see what the the new budget is. I think they're spending three million dollars in salaries mm -hmm. um, right now, and so. That's not FBS type money. Let's just be honest. Let's <laughs> no, be real. Like everybody, that's a head coach's salary for a football coach. If that, no, sorry, that's a coordinator, a coordinator salary right there. No doubt. So the thing about it is, man, I would you know, people don't understand that this NCAA infrastructure is set up the way it is for a reason. Um, when I was at WSSU, you know, we tried to make the jump up to Division One, and that was a huge jump because the thing about it is money, scholarships, all of that stuff. So FBS is going to go up even further. You know, FBS, you know, you got to not only have facilities and travel, um, but you also have to have um, the scholarships. Your scholarships go up. The max is 63 at the FCS level. The max is 85 uh, at the FBS level. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you got you to gotta compete. You got to continually, consistently fund that. We got to see how long Dion's going to stick around. I think uh, the thing I've been telling folks is if it, it's going to go either – it's going to go really, either really well or really bad. If it goes really well, it's going to go really fast because he's not going to be there. I think, you know, the opportunities will be there for him to advance, and he's going to advance. We know about Dion. Look, he went from the Falcons. He got the 49ers to the Super Bowl, and then the next year he said, hey, I'm cashing out. Yeah. He went to roll with Jerry Jones. Mm -hmm. So you On know, top of and, his and, baseball and, money. On top of his baseball You know, money. And, and that's 25 years ago, but he is going to definitely look out for Dion. If he wins, he's going to have those opportunities. If he isn't overly successful early will he get tired of it will JSU give him patience you know JSU had a hall of famer of their own Harold Carmichael mm -hmm. um and uh and uh I'm sorry Harold Jackson a hall of fame caliber player and he came to coach for them and they got rid of him in a couple of years you know right. they didn't give him a long time so uh obviously Dion is Dion he's going to get graces and things like that if he's serious puts in the work and uh I, I don't see there's any reason why this can't be a great thing for Jackson State Absolutely, man. So I got time for a couple more, man. This is from 10G. He says, what type of money do you see will be brought into the school with all that, all that kind of exposure? Well, I mean, you know, they have, a, they have the largest stadium in HBCU football. Uh, Mississippi Veterans Memorial Coliseum can sit, I think, over 50,000 people. Mm -hmm. So that is instant revenue generated right there. You know, if we get back to a situation, and I'm not sure what the situation in Mississippi is, I think it's pretty lax compared to a lot of states mm -hmm. as far as how many people that you can have in a certain place, then... Um, you know, you could see, you could see 40, they, they've been averaging 33,000 fans a year with a losing team, right? Mm -hmm. They haven't had a winning record since 2013, yet the last two years they have led the FCS in football attendance. Right. So again, this is with a team that's been mediocre to bad for over half a decade. So if Dion can come in there already doing what he does, they get a couple wins under their belt. You know, the first two games, Edward Waters was the NAIA school. Right. Um, I expect him to look really good against them. Um, and, and, of course, Prime is going to be in his bag. And then he got to go down to Miami for the Orange Blossom Classic yeah. um, against FAMU. That's going to be crazy. So, look, if he can come out of that 2-0, Mississippi, them folks in Mississippi will be waiting at the gate on, mm -hmm. on Friday night to get into the vet. So, right. you know, so the opportunities are there for them to make money. Um, I looked at their ticket prices. They actually haven't. They've kept their prices either the same. Mm -hmm. and some of them, they even dipped a little bit. So they're, they're planning on a floodgate coming there. Also, endorsements-wise, 
you're looking at that as well. And then if he can find some of these guys to be boosters, you know, if he can find, you know, he's got Shannon Sharp speaking for him for the undisputed. That's good. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if he has, if he can have some of his NFL guys, if Jerry Jones says, hey, you know what? I'm going to write Jackson State a half a million dollar check. Yeah, what's that? There's no HBCU that can do that, or a million dollar check. There's no HBCU athletic program that can do that. We see about the af the academia, which you talked about with uh, with uh, Coach Pate, mm -hmm. um, as far as, you know, the millions of dollars that we're dealing with. that we're dealing to the schools. But, you know, when you can have a Jerry Jones say, hey, you know what, hey, you know what, let me just go in my back pocket right here. <laughs> Megan and a half, will that work for yeah. you, Dion? Can you do that, Dion? There we go. <laughs> yeah. So that's the type of power that you get with Prime. So yeah. it's going to be uh, it's gonna be an amazing thing to watch, and uh, I, I can't wait to uh, cover it. Yeah, that's good, man. Man, I'm out of time just about, so I got to set, you know, Instagram, I'm going to let you go live for an hour, so I got like seven minutes left, so. Hey, Steve, man, thank you so much for joining me, man. You know, great insight. Uh, you know, shout out to the other guests that came through, man. You topped this thing off really well, man. I appreciate you coming through, man. Look, man, you put me behind a, a Hall of Famer and <laughs> two Black College Hall of Famers, man. I got to show up. I got to show up. But I uh, appreciate it. Thanks uh, for everybody who supports the entire HBCU game. That crew, we can't do it without y'all. And we will continue to do it better than ever. Thanks, man. Appreciate you, man. We'll talk soon, all right? Yes, sir. Thanks, bro. All right, y'all. My bad. I couldn't get to y'all questions, man. I haven't run out of time a little bit, so I just wanted to get my closing thoughts before I head out, man. So I want to thank y'all for joining me on tonight's episode of the Instagram Live podcast, hosted by, hosted by me, Benjamin Bullock, man. So shout out to all y'all. Everybody who asked questions today, I hope y'all enjoyed the show, which I thought was really dope, man. So shout out to Antoine Pathé, Doug Wins, and also Steve, who came through at the end, man. So make sure y'all follow the Instagram, the, the Crunch Time Instagram Live podcast on Spotify. And also Apple Podcasts. We're going to get that up sometime later tonight. So if you missed it, or if you want, if you want to catch it right here on Instagram, you can do so. But if you if you do, if you're a big podcast person, go ahead and follow that, and make sure you hop on and do that, man. So uh, also, man, make sure y'all follow me on Instagram if it's your first time tuning in. Uh, I usually try to do this once a week, man. I was off last week, I'll probably be off next week again because I got a lot of stuff going on. But uh, make sure y'all uh, hop in, hop on next next time. And if y'all have any suggestions or any ways I can get better, any uh, show suggestions actually go and DM me a comment do whatever you want to do and I got y'all man for those asking about shirts I'm just about set in terms of making sure I got the right distributor for it and everything and I'll make sure I get a link out to y'all and y'all gonna be the first ones to know so for my guest and me Benjamin Bullock thank y'all for joining me on tonight's episode of the Crunch Time Instagram Live Podcast make sure I subscribe on all the platforms appreciate y'all thank y'all holla at y'all y'all have a great week